we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Marlow, first chapter. And in this ch- chapter, verses 1 through 13 of Mark, you'll be seeing the beginning of Jesus' ministry and the work and the preparation of John the Baptist. But as we read this text, I, I want you to put on your glasses and see how changing is happening in these verses. You see how John calls for change. You see Jesus comes and changes, and you see how people came out into the wilderness for change. I want you to see how changing is happening in these verses. In the Gospel of Mark, first chapter, verses 1 to 13, God's Word says, The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, makes his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, of whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. Praise God for his blessed word. I'm going to deal with the theme, calling for change. You see a lot of commercials calling for change. Some of the most popular commercials out there for change are those cell phones commercials trying to get you to change service or maybe upgrade to a better phone. You see them talking about how one network is better, so you need to get with the network. Or one would tell you how we have the fewest drop calls, so this won't happen to you. Others would tell you, well, we don't have contracts, so you can just join us. Other ones say, well, you could call anybody on anybody's plan, and it won't be charged you. They're giving you something could want to make you to change. Why would you change? Maybe you're frustrated with the phone service that you have. Maybe the phone that you have is not up to date. It's not stylish enough. So you want a styler phone. Man. You know, may, maybe your phone does keep on dropping calls. So you say, well, maybe if I change networks, it, things will be better. But yet there's a change that they're calling you to make a change. Now, looking at the text, you see John the Baptist is preaching a message of change. The message is baptism of repentance. 
for the remission of sins. Here, John the Baptist is doing a couple of things here. He is preparing the people for change, and he's preparing the people for Christ. See, the prophecy is that one will come out in the woods preparing the way for Jesus, and that is what John's doing. But also why John's doing that, his ministry is preparing people for the kingdom of God is near or at hand. And how is the kingdom of God is near? Well, here's how the kingdom of God is near. First of all, Jesus represents the kingdom. Jesus resembles the kingdom. Jesus is the way to the kingdom. And so he's telling them that Jesus is near. And, and, then, and see, then we, later on we see that Jesus shows up. But before we get there, look at how people are coming to see John the Baptist. Why did they change? Why did you change your cell phone service? Or maybe why did you went from, from cable to satellite? Or why did you went from a Pinto to the BMW? Or why did you go from that one-room shack to a, to a three-room mansion? You know, why did you change to improve? For growth, to do better than you did before. You, I can see here that people came out of Jerusalem and Judea to go out into where? The wilderness. What is the wilderness? The wilderness to the Jews. They know that the wilderness means something. And for you to change your cell phone service, you might have to go and get a new phone. So you might have to leave your house. And go to the store. These people that wanted to make a change found out that they can go and make a change in the wilderness. So they would have to leave their familiar surroundings and go out into the wilderness. And catch this, the wilderness is not a place of paradise. It's a barren land. It's, it's barely made suitable for anybody to live there, but it's made suitable for wild beasts. And animals and pasturing, but yet for you to live out, there'll be some hardship on you in the wilderness. In the wilderness, people are trained. In the wilderness, people are tested. How is that? Well, look at David. He was out there in the wilderness being tested by God. Saul was coming after him. David went out into the wilderness knowing that God has promised him to be king, but he's going through some trials and some tribulations. Moses killed an Egyptian and went out into the wilderness to hide. God called him out of the wilderness to go back to Egypt. And where did he go back? To the wilderness. The people in Israel in the wilderness learned about God in the wilderness. A lot of things happen outside in the wilderness, but everybody does not want to be in the wilderness. While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were trying to make it into the promised land. Same situation. Think about why you may be in line waiting to purchase yourself when you wait, you're waiting to get back home with your cell phone and your new service and call people, tell them all about it. I can see people going out into the wilderness looking beaten down. What kind of people went out to the wilderness? It said that they came out what? Confessing their sins. How many times have you lived a life that people have judged you? Because of your past. They judge you because of your circumstances. They judge you because of the way you dress or the, what school you go to. I, me going to Richwoods, Richwoods in the house, me going to Richwoods, people assumed I was rich. They assumed I was snobby. They assumed these things because I was neither of those things. I didn't have name brand. 
And nor was I snobby because I had nothing to be snobby about. But yet because of where I went, we think of people, if they come from a certain place, they must be somewhere. Or just because of the way somebody dressed. There was a time that my father and I, we were out witnessing when Pastor Hall would have us go out on Saturdays to, to go and, and share and pass our trash. We was over at a store, and I did not have any good, the, the nice casual clothes. I had some sweats on, looking like I could rob somebody. And I was passing out. It's free. And this people were going into this store, and the store manager came out asking me, what was I doing? And I said, I'm telling people about salvation. He said, well, you can't do that here. I said, why not? It's private property. And I said, it's all right. And then a cop rolled up and said, I'm going to arrest you. And I, I looked at my father, and I was like, I'll, I'll go to jail for this. But then I said, nah, I don't want my daddy to get arrested. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll walk away. And the cop said, next time I'll see you over, I'm going to arrest you. I said, I hope you do. And, and see, during the time frame that I was being ridiculed because how I was dressed, if I had a suit on, they probably would have treated me differently. Might have been more respectful. Wouldn't be just coming out trying to get rid of me. They would just kept on asking, so, oh, I see you're maybe a minister. Or maybe I had a name tag on, let them know. They would say, oh, I, 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 we'd be looking foolish. Arresting somebody talking about Jesus. When we have people out there selling crack, prostitution, but I'm going to arrest a person talking about Jesus. You see here, we get judged no matter what, but these people realize that I'm in a situation and they realize that there's a, there's a calling for a change. How, with things about, for a change to come, you first need to re realize and respond and remember. They realize there need to be a change in their lives to come out confessing their sins. I don't know what your sins are. But yet, they came out confessing sins. And what did they confess? means this, that they agreed with God how they were living was wrong. Before you can change the problem, you got to realize what the problem is. Before you can solve the answer, you have to know the problem. So therefore, they had to realize that my life is not all that I want it to be. In 2007, you're probably looking back and saying, it wasn't all that I wanted to be. And how we promised I'm going to make changes in 2008. Many of you, I'm not talking about anybody, but some of us, maybe most of us, might be all of us, are talking about how we're going to get a new membership to a health club. <laughs> I'm going to work out this year. I'm going to run more. I'm going to walk more. Many of us, some of us, maybe most of us, bought books about how to eat better. How to change our diets. Because while we realized that last year I saw a lot of people's health failing, last year my, my doctor gave me a bad report, so I want to change my eating habits. And we realized that a change has to happen for us to be what? Better. And so I can see people going out into the wilderness to hear a message from John telling them to change, to repent. Think about it. It wasn't a flowery message. They didn't come out there to get rich quick. They didn't come out there because there was a promise that they'll come back millionaires. Hurting people went out to hear a healing message. I want to encourage you. Don't get caught up with everybody telling you how you can be prosperous, how you can be rich. But yet you got to find out this, that Jesus does not call us to be rich on earth. But he calls us to be rich in heaven. 
But in order for you to make room for the riches, the rich and the wealth of heaven, you got to remove the baggage and the garbage that you're carrying here on earth. Because what John is preaching here is that a repentance is not just your confession, a mouth moving, but it's a change in your life. Hence why they were baptized. Their baptism was an outward expression of an inward change. You see here, I don't know about you, but you might have been in relationships and friendships when people told you they're sorry. They told you they, they didn't mean to do what they did, but they went back doing it again. Obviously, they might have known what they did was wrong, but they didn't realize it was true. Truly wrong, or they would have changed. And so, John is saying, look, if you want to change, don't just say it, do it. It takes action. And so they responded to the call out in the wilderness. They went out to see John the Baptist. They went out to hear a man tell them that they were sinners in need of salvation. And they also went out to hear that there's a man that's coming who I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I, I, I looked at that for a moment. And what John is saying is that I am not even worthy to be Jesus' slave, my Lord. Can you humble yourself to that extent? To say I'm not worthy? We, we get so caught up sometimes and so excited that we forget. How much he paid the price for us. We claim heaven, but we don't deserve heaven. Because it wasn't our blood. It wasn't our stripes. But it was Jesus. And when we put Jesus in that proper perspective, we can realize that the life that I am living is not right. But yet when I confess my sins, I agree with God. That what, how I'm living is wrong. And I repent. I change my mind. I change my behaviors. Then they left the wilderness and went back home. <laughs> well, well. See, the problem is when you do change your character, that you will be challenged when you change your character. That's right. That's right. Just as the cell phone. You bought the cell phone. You go back home. Now you're challenging. You're chest testing it. Will it drop over here? Will I really be able to move at the speed of sprint? <laughs> will I really be able to get more done with this phone? Or will I really be able to move as easy as it shows it on the, on the commercial? Same thing in your life. Just when you have decided to give your life to Christ, just when you decided to change your behavior, that's when it seems that everybody's coming against you even more. The people, they went out to the wilderness Maybe as an adulteress, maybe as an alcoholic, maybe as a drug addict, but they came back changed. But they went back to the same places they came from, where those problems came from. But they went back changed. And now they're being challenged to say, no, I, I don't do that anymore. I had a wilderness experience. <laughs> I went out to a barren land and found Jesus. And Jesus let me know that I can walk now with him and, and talk with him and have joy with him. I don't need a bottle of liquor to have joy. I don't need no late night excursions to have joy. I don't need nothing the world has to give me joy because that will pass away. So that's not joy. That's just some temporary fulfillment. But my Jesus... 
can give me joy that the world can't take away. My Jesus can give me a promise that nobody else can give me. My Jesus can give me everything that I need. But the world can't do that. And not even these people. Character was challenged. But Jesus' character was challenged. I I want you to catch this. See, Jesus went, his change came. Jesus went from being private to being public. They were telling him how the kingdom of God was near. And so Jesus left Nazareth, came 70 miles south to Jordan. Do you understand here? That Jesus knew that the time has come for a change. And he journeyed his, from his hometown to go see his cousin John. And when John sees Jesus, and one t- uh, testament it says, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And I want you to compare Jesus, how he comes, compared to how you and I may have come to the Jordan River. We're coming to confess sin. He's coming with no sin. Why is he coming with no sin to uh, hear a message about sinners who need to be redeemed? Jesus is showing the change. John is of the old, old prophets coming to tell us of the Messiah. The Messiah shows up. They were getting baptized for the remission of sins. Jesus died for the remission of sins. And so he shows up to say, your baptism now has a new meaning. It is not just an outward expression, but also it also will put you in with my death and resurrection. Jesus shows up and John says, I should be baptized by you. You don't have any sins. I heard another sermon, a minister said this, for example, like imagine John the Baptist was a successful minister at this time and we want to publicize it and we want to make it big and we want to help him and get as many baptisms done as possible and we want to make it easier to process so people can give their name and confess their sins. So imagine people come up and give their name to as I put down Andrew, adulteress, Gina, gossiper. James, jealousy, and they put their names and their sins on it. And I can see Jesus showing up, and he, and he has no—he has his name, but no sin under it. <laughs> but he goes up to Andrew, say, "Hi, Andrew, how you doing, uh, Andrew the adulterer? Huh? Give me your name tag. I'll, I'll wear that." Goes up to Gina the gossip. Uh, uh, Gina, how you doing? You a gossip, huh? Give me your name tag. I, I'll take that. Goes to Jim, dealing with jealousy. Hey, Jim, give me your name tag. I'll take that. And why? Because he's the Lamb of God. Who come and take away the sins of the world. You see how we can go to see Jesus. And he will take our sins away. By the shedding of his blood. But when you make that change, you're going to be challenged to stay committed. Jesus went and was baptized, and then it says that he immediately went into the wilderness to be tempted and tested by Satan. But yet, he is still with no sin. He did not fall short. Jesus' purpose was to bring the kingdom of God. And the last temptation Satan gave him says, look, I can give you all these kingdoms. 
I want you to understand here that the trick of the enemy is trying to always give you a shortcut to your destination. But that shortcut won't take you to your destination. Your shortcut will take you to a place of destruction. If you cheat to win, you really didn't win. Ask Mary Jones. Gold medal's gone. Cheated, got caught, lost. Carl Lewis was running the race. He caught out cheat before anybody else. <laughs> cheat, cheat, cheat. Ben Johnson found out. Used steroids. Gold medal. Gone. You see here, the enemy will try to challenge your integrity. Try to challenge, are you really committed? And try to make you say you changed your character. Yeah, that's what you're verbally saying, but are you really showing it? We have to realize that through the trials and the tribulations, that I have to stand on what I'm standing on. And who are we standing on? On Jesus, the solid rock, our Redeemer. Our salvation is built on Jesus. And we have to stand on that. But I want you to realize through this year, many trials and tribulations are going to come. What are you going to do? Are you able to go into stand committed? Are you going to remember the, the change? Because so you got you to you realize, you got to respond, you got to remember. You have to remember why you changed. You know, for me, I have a whole lot of cavities. Because I eat a whole lot of candy. And then my dentist, like, now that I'm, like, 20-something, he's going to finally tell me, don't eat candy before you go to bed. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I would snack, and I would floss and brush, think I was all right. But he said, still, that residue stays behind. And he said, those mints and all that stuff was robbing my teeth up. So now, boy, before I go to bed, I'm flossing, brushing, not eating. You know, I'm trying to make sure. Because them cavities, they, they not cheap. <laughs> and they're not pain-free. <laughs> So I realize, so I remember now that why I changed my habits, how I try to eat more fruit and not just eat candy all the time, because I love some lemon heads. So now when I go to the gas station to buy my box of lemon, I think about saying, you better go to the grocery store and get your fruit. Because I remember why I wanted to change. Some of us may be dealing with different health issues. And so when you go to the restaurant, you look at that menu. And you remember why you changed. I can't eat all this food anymore. Because if I do, maybe my body will reject it. Or I know it's not going to be good for me. You see, we have to realize that a change came for a reason. And we have to remember what that reason is. And same situation here. We have to remember this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, Jesus came for a change to come. Look in the text. It has John showing up, letting you know about what is about to come. The people come out to hear what is about to come. Jesus shows up, and he's, he's telling them what's about to come. Because <laughs> Jesus continue on his ministry when he comes out the wilderness, let them know, repent, ha <laughs> for the kingdom of God is near. Because I said before, Jesus represents the kingdom. He is the kingdom, and he is the way to the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is at hand because do you understand here that when Jesus showed that that was a, 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 a taste of the kingdom. But yet a new heaven and a new earth is going to come. 
And that's when our final change is going to come. But daily, you got to make a change. Daily, when you wake up in the morning, you have to change your mind from how you lived yesterday. Daily, when you wake up in the morning, you got to decide how you're going to change the way you talk compared to yesterday. Daily, when you wake up in the morning, you got to decide how you're going to change your mind from the things you thought about yesterday. I don't know about you, but I know at times I wake up in the morning, my mind is still thinking about how I messed up on the day before. And I'm thinking today, Lord, I'm going to do better today than I did yesterday. And then I fall short. And then I realize, oh, I'm nothing but a sinner. I can't do it all by myself. And then I remember that there's a man named Jesus who I can go and tell him all about my troubles. He will come and let me know that, look here, my son, I died for you. So when you confess your sins, my God, my Father, he is faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. See, I'm glad that there's a message of change that we can go to, that we can go and change our lives. I can be just like some of those people coming out of Jordan. I went out a sinner, came back a saint. I went back drugged up, but I came back clean. I went there in adulterous, but I came back celibate because I know that Jesus can change me. Now, you might know my history. That's good. You might know my name. That's good. But I want you to know there's a name you don't know that was given to me by Jesus. And when he comes back, He's going to call me. <laughs> Do you understand here? So don't get caught up how people say you have not changed. Can they see your heart? Do they have x-ray vision? Can they tell you who's up in heaven? Because they can't see that. But Jesus, he knows your heart. He knows you want to change. And he knows that you can't do it on your own. And that's why they hung him high and they stressed him wide. His blood came running down. Why? For the remission of our sins. I'm glad that Jesus has died for me. I just came by this morning to let you know that a change is going to come. Whether you want it to come or not. Because Jesus is coming back. But while you're here right now, you can prepare your heart for Christ. And let the kingdom come on in. I, I wish I had some help this morning. Good God from Zion. I'm glad that in this new year, in 2008, I know my change is on the way. So change right now. Give your heart to Jesus. Don't say tomorrow I'll do it. Don't say, oh, next Sunday I'll do it. For that is not promised. But today, this can be your wilderness. You can make me John the Baptist. You can say, Lord, I confess my sins, and I want to change today. I want to give it all back to you. And I realize, Father, that while I'm here in this wilderness, i got to go back to where I came from. I came here an alcoholic. I'm going to go back to my house that's full of alcohol. But yet the change is in me, and I'm going to show it on the outside. So I'm going to clean up my house and make room for the Holy Ghost to come on in and take over. Because John said, I baptize you with water, but Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And with the Holy Ghost, I no longer have to be drunk on alcohol, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. And by the Holy Ghost, I am reminded of God of how to live. So when I leave, and go other places. 
I'm never alone. Because I have Jesus with me. So don't think that change can't happen. Change can. But you have to realize and respond and remember to this change. You need to realize that a change needs to happen. You need to respond to this change and remember why you made the change. So what's the change you have to make in your life? Don't, don't be thinking about somebody else need to make a change. What's the change that you need to make? Be real with yourself right now. Go ahead and go on to God and say, Lord, I'm going to confess. The moment we want to pray, you're going to take the time to confess. Go ahead and just give it all to God and say, Lord, I want to leave here different. Then I came and come on, I, come on, think about it. They left to go to Jordan and came back different. If the same thing can happen to you right now, you can say, I'm going to have 2008 in a changed way. I'm no longer going to be that Sam I was, you whatever your name, do it last year. Because 2008 is going to be great. I know that I can live a life all through Jesus. I know I'm going to fall. I know I'm going to get hurt. But yet, he's faithful and just. He cleanses you of all unrighteousness. So right now, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Just go to the Father right now and pray that prayer of confession. What is it you need to let go and change from, repent from, no longer practice, no longer do. You're going to leave it here and go back home, and you're going to show that change in your life. Go ahead and just take that time right now. Just take the time right now. If you need to pause, go ahead and pause. And just pray your confession to God. Go ahead and pause right now. Father, we lay it all down to you. Our sins. Father, we, we realize, we agree with you, God. It's evil, it's wrong, it's horrible, it's wicked. We don't want this a part of our lives. Because, Father, all it does is destroy our lives. It doesn't make it better, it hurts us. It hurts people around us. But, Father, your word is faithful and true. Amen. Amen. Your word is powerful. Amen. Your word is redeeming. Amen. And so, Father, we're crying out to you. Because we want you to change us, Father, from the inside out. Father, forgive us of our transgressions. Forgive us, Lord, how we have sinned against one another. But, Lord, when we leave this place, we realize, Father, we brought them all to you. And you are faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and make us pure and holy. Father, we thank you. For Jesus, because by his blood, our sins have been forgiven. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.